Well, welcome back to the Fire Podcast. My name is Chris Brunette. I'm Chief of Fire and Life Safety here with Colorado Division of Fire Prevention and Control. And today it is my honor to have Eric Larchick, the Senior Superintendent with JHL Constructors here with me. We're going to talk a little bit about construction in our public schools. So Eric, thanks for being here with me. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's an honor. I, I'm so glad you can make it. So real quick, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners and give a bit of background on yourself, especially in regards to construction and public schools in Colorado? Make sure to tell them, our listeners, about how you got started in this profession, what it takes to become a commercial contractor in Colorado, and how long you've been in this field of work. All right. Yeah. Well, my name is Eric Larchick. I'm a senior superintendent for JHL Constructors. Um, I have been in this profession since I got out of high school. I actually started uh, in a vocational school in Aurora Public Schools. I was born and raised in Colorado. Um, my grandfather was a carpenter and I needed something to do because I wasn't going to college. So uh, my dad got me started in the trades. Uh, we were at Pickens Tech and, and they uh, frame houses during mm -hmm. class. And then there was a trade fair uh, during one of the one of the passing periods. And there was a booth for apprenticeships. So I put my name on the list. And months later, JHL gave me a call back for a job. That was when I got out of high school in the late 90s or mid to late 90s. Um, so I've been in construction since high school, uh, commercial, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but that kind of started me and I just stuck with it. Uh, I met a lot of great people, uh, over at JHL. And so here I am, I did take a small break. Um, but I have been with JHL the second go round for 18 years, um, wow. as a, as a superintendent. So it's been a good run. Wow. Um, with a great, uh, we're a employee owned company that started off, mm. uh, in Colorado, the great, uh, founder, John Hackmeister. And, uh, his dream was always to give the company to his employees, uh, was his dream. And he accomplished that. We're, uh, we're growing like crazy. When I started, I think there was 39 employees and now we're up to about 300. Wow. And we do, uh, all kinds of construction. We've recently, I guess I say recently being 18 years, uh, about five years ago, I want to say, give or take, we started a utility division. Um, so we do a lot of underground utility work. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a self-performed concrete division uh, that wow. started up as well. So these schools, we do a lot of our own utilities, a little bit of the earthwork uh, and the underground utilities. So we do a lot of different things. Um, we do yeah. gold mining. We're working in the gold mine up really? in Victor, Colorado. Yeah, helping them up there. Uh, which is pretty exciting. I just took a tour of that earlier this month. Um, but really, really fun stuff. So we do a lot of different things. I'm currently working on a uh, assisted living project now in the tech center. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's a great, great project to be on. Yeah, and, and that's another thing that we do here at the division. So uh, today we're talking about schools, but sometime we'll have to talk about the, the healthcare side of things. Sure, so I'd love to come back. I'm sure they're uh, they're similar but different. They are. Uh, they are. This being a wood structure, a lot of the schools are uh, are non-combustible. So yeah. this is 
It's a wood structure. Interesting. So, yeah. So speaking of schools then, um, was it always your goal to kind of work on school construction projects? Or? It was not. It's just something that's what uh, JHL does is yeah. build schools. Uh, we've built, I wish I had the number in front of me, but lots and lots of schools. Um, and I just started building schools. One of my first projects was Buffalo Run um, up in Douglas County. Wow. So. Yeah, when I was 18, I started there. So, Holy cow. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Really, really good experience. And like I said, it just kind of stuck with it. So it wasn't my goal, but here I am, and now I, I'm starting to get good at it. I don't want to quit now. <laughs> right. Well, and I love your story, how it's kind of full circle. I mean, your story started out in high school and learning a trade, and now you're back in the schools building the schools. Right. So, isn't that so, ironic? I wasn't yeah. great at school when I was in high school. Now I'm building schools, and I love it. It's uh, great. So then with school construction, um, how much of your time is spent working on public schools? Um, I would say out of the last 18 years, probably 90% of my projects have been schools. Okay. So I pretty much just build schools. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, a lot in uh St. Brain School District. I've spent a lot of time up there, and I've currently been working in uh, Brighton 27J School District. Okay. And they're both really fantastic school districts to work in. Really good people up there. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So during your time in this profession, um, have you seen a shift in construction expectations and parameters? Doesn't necessarily have to be just related to schools, but just in general, have you seen a shift there? Um, I guess, uh, there has been a bit of a shift, uh, with the new codes are really what's yeah. shaking things up a little bit, uh, diff just different things. Anytime something new, eventually it'll be old news, but, uh, with the new codes and changing, uh, the codes change faster now, uh, yeah. than they did in the past, uh, due to technology and, and right. the stream of information. So, uh, with those code changes, it's just, uh, just getting people out of old habits. Uh, a lot of the, the energy codes have changed. Um, occupancy sensors with lights and, and right. outlets are yep. a big one. Um, and then all the way to the, the sound requirements mm -hmm. in the that schools. That was a big one. This yeah, time. another big one that we're getting through. Uh, yeah. But it's all, it's all good stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's probably a bad word, but I'm going to bring it up. Did things change or modify during COVID? And have you seen them revert back? Or have they kind of changed things for the future now? Uh, I think they've changed things for the future. We still haven't fully recovered. Um, once COVID hit, uh, really the procurement side of receiving goods and uh, machinery I guess, air handlers, chillers, uh, the lead times, COVID really pushed that out. Uh, the microchip shortage yeah. that everyone yeah. remembers, um, it's really pushed out uh, a lot of the lead times. So uh, we actually built our schedules. And then along with that schedule, we have a full procurement schedule, um, which will tie back. So that's the, the time it takes to get the approval on the equipment, the production of the equipment and the shipping of the equipment all back, tied back to the schedule. Uh, and that's after COVID, which is a good thing to know about. But before COVID, there really wasn't an issue. You right. could just order stuff, which which did help timelines and, and meeting those school deadlines. 
Well, and that's one of the big things, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, those those particular challenges working with schools, but deadlines really are where it's at in schools, right? I mean, you have a very limited amount of time to, to work on a school once they let you. Absolutely. it's uh, That's one of the more difficult uh, intricacies of building a school is the definite timeline. Uh, come rain or shine, uh, the kids are coming back on the the first day of school. So even if we have a, uh, a record rain year, like we did this year, uh, which pushed out site work and, and paving fire lanes, uh, the kids are still coming back. That time all needs to be made up. And, uh, that's definitely something that sets school building apart from other construction. Yeah, I bet. Well, you're listening to the Colorado Fire Podcast. We are talking with Eric Larchick today. He's Senior Superintendent with JHL Constructors. And I kind of want to get into just talking about your relationship with us, the Division of Fire Prevention and Control. Um, You know, depending on your project, uh, you might be working with one or both of our branches. So in public schools, we, we are the building code officials for all public schools, charter schools, and junior colleges, but we're also the fire code officials where there's not a local fire code official qualified. Um, And so oftentimes you might be working with one or both of our branches. Um, Can you tell us what's been your experience in working with each of these branches? Yeah. So uh, typically in my 18 years, I have been working mainly in larger municipalities and cities that do have the local fire department uh, there to assist with inspections. So you guys are are the main inspectors there, Um, but really great for inspections. Uh, It starts with a a pre-construction meeting and and setting the expectations, um, which my last project was a a hard conversation to kind of spill the beans on the procurement of the chiller that we thought was going to show up (laughs) a week or so after school starts, but, uh, it's always good to know, know what you're working with. So it's, right. it's good to get that on, on the table and, and your office, uh, understands that you've been through it and, and working with Chris, his, um, and it, when we brought it up, it was just a conversation. And then during our interim inspections, progress inspections, I have Chris out for would touch base on it again. And, uh, luckily for me, uh, the chiller arrived a couple of months early. We were able to get it hooked up and, and it was yeah. a non-issue, but, uh, just keeping that open dialogue with the, with the inspector and you guys are very level headed. There's a lot of different ways to, to make it happen. And you guys are open to the, the different, uh, different, options. So I really do appreciate that with you guys and your inspectors, Chris and Brian and Bradley, all you guys I've worked with on different school projects here and there and really does uh does make it nice to know that you guys are not just gonna say it's this way or the highway. So I really appreciate working with you guys. Yeah. And especially our building codes branch, they have that focus on schools. So they really do understand and they're able to work closely with, with you all on the construction side to make sure that, uh, times like that when maybe, maybe, uh, something's (laughs) not going to be delivered in when you thought it would be, they can help work through that with you. So I appreciate that, but I'm going to ask the hard question and and I want you to be honest. Um, Do you see areas where we can improve our processes? Um, And if so, elaborate. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You fill out the, 
the online questionnaire, and maybe it's because I've done it so many times. It's I'm used to it, so maybe I'm trained. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to to be up to just I usually put down in my inspection request of what I'm looking for, and I'll type it all up in there. Hey, there's a progress inspection. We're at this point in the project, and uh, send back, and then and then uh, Chris Nay usually gets back to me within a day, and and we set up a time. I know. Depending on the time of year, you guys get really busy. I know your yep. busy time is my busy time. Right, um, right. So I make sure to keep a keep an open uh, time slot for you guys. And I know you nice. guys are all over the state. So whenever he's cruising through town, I have him make sure to get on a, a convenient time for him. So he's not making a trip out just for me. Well, I know he's going to be through. Nice. No, thank you. And and so you talked about our, our system. That's our records management system, RMS. Um, can you tell me about your experience working with that system? Um, so that's a system that handles not only the inspection requests, but our applications for permits and actually works on issuing the permits and that type of thing. So it sounds like primarily your experience is with the inspection requests, but um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So I I don't do much with the initial permit as far as getting that. So I'm I can't help you much on that one. Yeah. Uh, but the inspection requests, like I said, they're they're fantastic as long as you have the permit number. So everything seems to be driven with that permit number, and then the rest of the questions are 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 pretty good as far as getting what you're looking for of a what kind of inspection, if it's a final or progress inspection. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a good system. I, I can't give you much good okay. feedback on that. I think it works great. And so I think you touched on this, but do you have any um, suggestions or tips on how listeners can more easily navigate that system or process? Yeah. One of the things I do. So once you get the permit card, uh, the instructions, I know Chris has been pushing for that to get, just how to fill that in out uh, on the back of it or a second card with it, um, which yeah. is the most helpful. It takes you step by step, uh, just how to how to plug it in and, and get what you're going for. So that helps a lot for some of our younger guys, I know for sure. Yeah, and, and you said make sure you have your permit number ready. The so permit, it sounds like permit that's a number big thing. is the key. So having that <laughs> permit number, um, make sure your fees are paid. It won't let you schedule inspection if the fees aren't paid so nice well kind of shifting back to your experience in construction in public schools eric um and we touched on this a little bit but what are the particular challenges related to working in public schools are there things you have to think about when constructing schools that um maybe you normally don't have to consider absolutely uh uh there's actually quite a few uh, from my last couple of elementary projects. Uh, we build them inside of a complete residential neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the neighborhood is still being built. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's already done. But either way, the schools are really the epicenter of the neighborhood. Yeah. Once they're built, there's parks, there's fields for people to play on. Um, and so it's it's a living part of the neighborhood. We try to be a good neighbor to uh, 
everybody around, especially the neighbors, they have to put up with us for about a year to build an elementary school. And, yeah. and we knock on all their doors and introduce ourselves and, That's and, great. and, and try to keep everything clean when it's muddy and, and, uh, keep our traffic on site. But, um, so one of the considerations is being a great neighbor, um, because they are a part of the neighborhood and there's always something happening. Um, I've also done a lot of occupied remodels on Mm -hmm. high schools Mm -hmm. where we're adding additions or remodeling the inside. And one of the, the constraints is that there's always people at the school. Uh, high schools are constantly full of people, whether it's sporting events or plays. Um, there's always something happening at the schools, especially high schools. So uh, just being cognizant of that, planning for it, making sure everybody's there, make sure there's there's barriers up. If we're doing a small section of the building, definitely uh, cordoning off our area and making sure that, that nobody can get in that's not supposed to because there's always people at the schools. And I was just thinking about that. So especially when you're moving into a community that's already established and building, particularly in elementary school, there's probably young children who are excited because they're they're seeing the school they're going to be going to built in front of their eyes. And so I would imagine you have to watch out for the kiddos. I mean, of course, you put up your construction barriers and everything, but that doesn't necessarily always keep the little ones out. So I bet you you're, you're having to be more vigilant on that regard as well. It absolutely is. Even the older parents, I've had full families ride their bicycles into the fence, start riding around the site. And it's like, Whoa, Whoa, where are you going? Uh, and they just want to, they want to check stuff out. Everybody's so curious. Uh, a lot of these schools, uh, if they've already been established or charter schools, we do a lot of, uh, construction tours as well uh-huh. we'll bring in the, the school staff and if you select kids and get their safety gear on let them tour the job Very site cool. and really get them excited about the new part of the community because it really is uh, exciting to to get a new school or remodeled school so keeping them highly involved really makes it a lot of fun well and there's probably that secondary impact of um, people like yourself who got into the trades, it's maybe that's that child's first experience with the trades and now you're establishing a future for them. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's always great. Um, everybody's kids go to school. So, yeah. uh, we, the last project I just finished, there was uh, four, four tradesmen that helped, uh, one dirt worker, one electrician, uh, the landscaper, all their kids go to that school. So How cool. um, it's really a full community effort, which wow. is great to keep everybody involved. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty neat. So you're kind of touching on it then. Um, what are, at least in your opinion, the most enjoyable aspects of working on schools? Oh, it's, it's really uh, once we do turn over the building and really seeing uh, the building work as it's intended with the kids going to school and opening up and just the excitement, um, which is why I really like the 27J school district and St. Brain. They're just so excited. Uh, There's so much involvement from the district, the principal, Mm -hmm. and they get the community involved. Uh, So that's where it's most rewarding is just seeing all the kids get there. I just got an email today. Uh, The elementary school I just wrapped up uh, discovery in Brighton, uh, the principal sent us a invitation. They're doing a wood project and they'd like one of us, 
on the construction team to come out and be a be a judge or just an <laughs> expert panel, uh, which is a lot of fun. Oh, I know cool. a couple of the guys went and helped out with that project earlier on, but nice. just keeping that involvement. Um, so while we're building these schools, we really do become part of the community. And uh, yeah, I get to know I've had uh, people I know that help me watch the the building go up as we're, we're doing it. And they touch base. They'll send me pictures and ask me mm. questions. I'll sneak them blueprints. So they know, know kind of what That's it's going to cool. look like. Just little oh, pictures. Wow. It's a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, we really are a part of the community while we're building it. And, and when we're done too, sounds it's, like it's it. fantastic. Yeah. Holy cow. That's cool. I've never thought about that aspect. Thank you for sharing that. So, uh, again, this is Colorado Fire Podcast. Uh, we're talking with Eric Larchick. He's a senior superintendent with JHL Constructors. Eric, we talked a little bit about your experience working with DFPC, but we also have several pre-qualified building departments. Those are our building departments who kind of work under our auspices. They get qualified uh, to work in their jurisdictions under this uh, public school programs for public schools, charter schools, and junior colleges. Um, so we have these pre-qualified building departments that might work on our behalf. Um, do you, Have you worked with them before, and do you see benefits to, with working with them? Um, I have not built a school uh, with anybody, but I do believe City of Aurora does. Mm-hmm. It's been years since I've worked with City of Aurora um, but I did do a middle school there where Aurora was able to do all of the inspections mm-hmm. and it, it seems to go, go decent. Uh, also, yeah. So they, they seem to do pretty good. Um, there's also third party inspectors. Are they mm-hmm. different from, from these they guys are, or yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Those are third party. Okay. So you're talking like city of Aurora. Yeah. Um, what other, what other cities do you, you know? know? I'd, I'd have to look. There's okay. a list on our website. There's, there's actually fewer than you would think in Colorado. We encourage our local building departments to be pre-qualified, but um, the, you know, it, the point of the school construction program was to provide consistency. So, when this program was created, it, it really was created so that all public schools in the state had to meet the same requirements. Okay. Um, and so what happens is is we are the building code officials for all these public schools, charter schools, and junior colleges. Um, but for those local jurisdictions that want to become pre-qualified, they uh, pre-qualify with us and then they enforce our adopted codes. And so what it does is it, especially those jurisdictions that work closely with their school districts, um, it gives them the opportunity to continue to work that closely with them. Um, and then in, in some cases, the local building departments have faster turnaround times than we do. So there's benefit there. Um, the interesting thing here is that with the pre-qualified building departments, the school actually gets to choose if there's a pre-qualified building department in the area, the school chooses to either use us as the building code official or them. Sure. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit different take, but it's a way to make sure that we keep local jurisdictions involved. Sure. Uh, I do have a little bit of feedback on that. Uh, as I was wrapping up my project, we had another K through eight going in uh-huh. Aurora and there was some, uh, I guess just some inconsistencies because they, he wouldn't get the same inspector every time. Oh, okay. So they had different inspectors, which is okay. But Uh um, there was a little bit of mixed messaging. Uh, When I work with you guys, it's for sure. I know 
Chris and what he expects. And I've gone through enough inspections. Um, there's no, no curve balls with Chris. We can talk through yeah. anything. And, and on another project, there was a little bit of, a little bit of inconsistencies on, on where he was at and what they were looking at at the time. So I know he had some questions as I talked to, to my buddy about that. So that's um, great feedback. I appreciate that. So we do have our professional development unit and that unit is, they're wholly dedicated to helping drive consistency on our inspections, whether it's one of our inspectors or a local inspector doing the inspections. And so, um, it's good to know that, uh, there's some work out there for us to do. And I'm not saying that Aurora is doing anything wrong. Sure. Um, sure. I'm just saying that, you know, we, we want to, uh, make sure that regardless of the jurisdiction that's conducting the inspections, we're being consistent. So sure. thank you for that. That's good feedback. Um, so uh, that's the questions I had for today, but I do have one last question for you and it's pretty broad. Um, do you have any other thoughts, advice or words of wisdom that you'd like to share in relation to construction in public schools in Colorado? And um, were there any other questions you thought I'd ask, but I didn't. I'm sure. So I guess uh, words of wisdom, if you would call them that, would be just uh, keeping an open dialogue uh, mm -hmm. as you're getting started or, or these school districts. I know my talks with, with Chris Nay, uh, there's some districts that are better about calling and keeping you guys informed when there's there's changes happening. Um but yeah, just uh, keeping an open dialogue with you guys as you get getting started with construction projects. And uh, the second thing is probably there is a lot of good school builders in the state. Maybe talking to a couple couple actual school builders uh, due to the intricacies that we've we we spoke about um, that schools are different different game than just normal construction, yeah. uh, whether it be apartments or strip malls, uh, schools are definitely their own, own unique, uh, build for sure. So, um, we seek out a professional and ask, ask questions and keep in good talks with, uh, with you guys as you get through the, the permitting process. Um, yeah, I didn't, I right. thought you were going to ask me some tough questions about code, new code. Um, <laughs> There was, uh, so with that new energy code, I do know, um, that as, uh, each outlet is marked to uh -huh. tell which one is going to stay with the power. So I don't know if everybody knows about that, but they, uh, there's a certain amount of outlets that will shut off, uh, as the occupancy sensor doesn't, doesn't pick up anybody in the room. Uh -huh. So a lot of the teachers in this last building have been just plugging in power strips to the the outlet oh, that's no. always on, which kind of defeats the purpose. And that way, uh, that way, whatever they have plugged in doesn't lose power. So it's kind of a, one of those kind of defeating the purpose of, of uh, what we're after there. Well, you just gave me a good hint into what our uh, fire maintenance inspectors are going to start finding in the newer sure. schools. <laughs> sure. So we'll have to educate them. That That's one of those things where we'll have to get out and educate the, the teachers and the, um, 
you know, the, the people who are working in the schools to help them understand, hey, look for the outlets that are marked. And, right. And those are the ones that you'll work with when low occupancy, but when everything gets going, then the other ones should start to work and sure. should have plenty of power. <laughs> so interesting. It's something yeah. I never considered, but yeah, I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the sound, some new sound testing requirements, which we're still working through. Uh, 27J did hire a third-party consultant to perform that testing. Good. Um, And uh, the plans we were working off of were designed to meet those sound standards, and, and they did. Uh, good. So that good. was that was good news and a, a sigh of relief for all of us. Uh, so we were a little nervous about that testing. Um, yeah. Well, that's something we're learning too. So yeah. I think we're all in it together. It's great. No, it's it's coming coming together great. Well, great. Eric Larchick, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. It's a pleasure speaking with you, and uh, maybe we'll get to speak again in the future. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was, it was good to talk, talk this stuff out, and I, I'd be happy to come back anytime. Just let me know. <laughs>